Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Next Level. I'm JDL here with my best friends, Sarah Longwell and Tim Miller of The Bulwark. Iowa is done. It's in the books. And we had low turnout, 110,000 Iowans braving the frigid cold. Donald J. Trump, 51%. God's fighter, Ron DeSantis, with a very strong 21.2% holding Trump underneath the mythical, magical 30-point victory mark. Very, very important going forward. Nikki Haley, who supposedly had a lot of momentum and a disappointing third at 19%. Uh, let's just start with some 1,200 votes less than Ron DeSantis, a strong second. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's just talk with some big picture stuff right right here sarah what did you take away from all this yeah ron DeSantis came out and said he got his ticket punched out of iowa yeah uh, something got punched uh i'm not <laughs> sure it was his ticket uh here's here's what i'll say you know i had ed selzer right on the focus group pod her polling was dead on now you may be saying but wait sarah she had nikki in second and ron DeSantis a little bit lower but she also made it clear from the crosstabs, they pointed this out, that Nikki's, the enthusiasm level for Nikki was much lower than the other two. And I think that's exactly what you see when you get a low turnout, super, super cold night where Nikki's people were just like, they're probably like Dems uh, and, you know, independents were like, I'll vote if it's convenient uh, for somebody other than Trump. But if it's not convenient, I'm not turning out because I don't really care. And I think that's exactly what you got. But uh, you had both you had Nikki claiming it's a two-person race, which is very important because it's different from a two-man race. It's a mm. it's a race where a woman is the other one. You know, why is she dragging her woke pronouns into this, Sarah? I know, I know. Uh, so I think that it's you know, JBL. I kept thinking this is the worst case scenario for Ron DeSantis based on your theory of the case. It's the which worst is case for both of them. The worst case for both of them, right? It's like they're. They're separated by very few votes. Ron DeSantis doesn't get to claim like a real second place that like boosts him out, but he has to keep going because he technically got second place. And so now he's got to limp his way into South Carolina because he's skipping New Hampshire. Timothy? JVL, if you don't mind, my co-host, if you guys don't mind, would you indulge me before I get, before I, I think Sarah made some good oh. points there. And I'd love to get into the county by county data and we can oh. do that. But I, Can I can just... We, Buckle my chim strap, sit back, and yeah. let you go. I we indulge wanna, you every week. I just, well, could you just especially indulge me right now? I just I want to take it. I want to take the lens back quite a bit, and just think about the state of our society right now, <laughs> um, uh, rather than discuss the <laughs> the county by county results. I'm fucking tired of being right. I'm so just damn tired of us being right. You and me both, sister. Can the bulwark be fucking wrong for once? Can these people prove us wrong one time? I'm just sitting there watching it, and I had to be on TV for four hours last night and had to dissect what happened in Polk County, and we had to squint and try to come up with what Nikki Haley's path might be. And it's like, Donald fucking Trump won the biggest blowout in Iowa caucus history. It wasn't even close. These people didn't, e they didn't even try to campaign against him. And like, they have no plan to campaign against him. Like we are living through a permanent, permanent, like, why can't we humor him for a few more days? 
Like we're like Sisyphus living in a decades long. <laughs> we're going to humor him for a few more weeks until we see what's going on. Quote, like none of these fucking people. Like, well, did one person message either of you last night to say, you know what, you guys, you've been right about this party. It's time for me to move on. Not one person messaged me. None of my former Republican colleagues, none of the, you know, commentators or pundits that argue with me on Twitter. Nobody has been like, you guys were right. It's just time to pack it in. Like, it's just, I, I, you saw something that I didn't see about this party. No, like, we're, they're all going on as business as usual. More Capito in West Virginia endorsing Donald Trump this morning. Like, Marco, uh, Joni Ernst, Charlie writes about this this morning. It's like, th- like this party is a cult of a madman that tried to end the democracy. And, like, everybody is just acting like, well, another Iowa caucus. Let's analyze. Let's let's take a look at the second the race for second place. It's like what you know. I, it felt like I, I said this on TV. I said I felt like this was a like we're in Belarus and like they put up Lukashenko again <laughs> for his election, and then they put out a couple puppet candidates to run against him, and then the people in fucking Belarus have to be like, "Yay, the great Lukashenko has won another victory." <laughs> it's like what the fuck are we doing? What the fuck are any of these people doing? How can you be in this party still? How can you not just acknowledge what has happened? No, none of them are acknowledging it. They're just oh, the going New York Times is working on show, sussing and that I'm out. Tired. I'm tired of being right. So I, I will proudly analyze the results further. But that is my big takeaway. I'm fucking depressed. I'm filled with recriminations, and all of the people who have disappointed me have disappointed me again. So there's my take about okay. the Iowa caucuses. That's a good and fair take. I agree with it. Because I will say the only people contacting me last night were reporters who wanted like straight analysis of what we just saw, right? They don't want to hear a rant about how we've been saying for many years now that the party is long gone, that everybody will bend the knee because they are callow uh, cowards who don't. And, and and you know, all I sit there, I was like, did like, an, had to figure out how to do Instagram live. You think we're having technical trouble? You should have seen me trying to figure out how to work Instagram last night with Katie Couric. Uh, and you know, the idea of just trying to do the straight analysis without just sort of screaming at people, this is a crazy person's party. Um, they want Trump and also we don't, we didn't have to be here. Like there was an affirmative choice made by Mitch McConnell and a bunch of senators to let this happen. They could have, they could have ended this and we are here now again because it's been cowardice all the way down. At every juncture, they think something else is going to take care of them. Nikki and Ron thought something else was going to... They literally, their plan was run for president, hope he dies or goes to jail. Which is not a campaign strategy. We can't run ads against Trump. Don't listen to the Never Trumpers, yeah. the TDS. You'll turn into Chris Christie. You'll, you'll get Chris Christie's results if you actually attack Trump. Well, guess what? You got fucking Chris Christie's results. You got slaughtered. Congratulations. You have 19. He had three. Like, There's no difference between 19 and three. The goal is to get into the high 40s to win the nomination. I, I, and so like, like, so like all, you know, we have to, we have to be fucking lectured like by these, by these cowards who, who are getting paid millions of dollars to not campaign against Donald Trump. We have to pretend like Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis are actually trying to beat him. They're not trying to beat him. Hey, what are what do we think they are trying to do right now? Like, question. what's the point of Ron DeSantis? Get out. 
They're What's he desperate doing? to get out. It's it's in military terms. They would call this a retrograde, and they are desperate to remove their forces from the field without losing any more political capital. And last night's result makes that harder for both of them, right? He's got to pretend he's going to go to to South Carolina. He's not going to South Carolina. He's going to get five percent in New Hampshire, and then he's going to drop out. Um, Nikki so is going to go to Afghanistan. Is what you're saying, or is like we just got to keep staying in Afghanistan for one more year because we don't want to have the Joe Biden 2021 results where I'm falling from planes. That's what you're saying. He doesn't, he's not ready to yeah, fall from I mean, plane yet. This, this is the 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 thing that I I can't stop thinking about is that last night as Ron DeSantis is losing by 29.9 points, his comms director comes out and blames not Donald Trump, not the voters. But the corporate media for their election interference because the race was called while some people had yet to even caucus their votes. I'm just like, what what are you what are you doing? How you know who I watched that like, moment with JVL? In between my uh TV last night, I went to visit my friends at the New York Young Republicans Club. Oh. Um, and I, I I spent about an hour over there just watching the results come in. Happened. I happened to get there right before uh, CBS called it for Donald Trump four minutes after the polls closed, four minutes. And in this little clubhouse in New York, these, these gentlemen were yelling, Trump, 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 suck it to simps, suck it to simps. And it's like, <laughs> and the DeSantis people are in Tallahassee, like, oh, maybe if, maybe if the media would have been a little nicer to us, it's like, these people don't like you. They're in a cult of personality. It was not. It doesn't. It was not like the fact that Fox, you know, put your name below Donald Trump's name on the list that made the difference tonight. But what I'm what I'm trying to point out is that DeSantis is such a pathological. And this is again, I I said this last night when I was on the show with AB. Donald Trump is Donald Trump, and I'm like to say that I'm fine with it isn't like that, I, that I'm fine with it. But like it is, you know, it's like it's a scorpion. You know, like it, you know what they do. Ron DeSantis is out there, and when this scorpion goes and, like, ends his career, he goes and blames the liberal media for it. Like, he can't, and that sort of quizzling shit, that Vichy, Vichy mindset, that's why democracy is on a knife's edge, right? If, if the DeSantis's of the world, going back to Paul Ryan in, you know, in 2016, had simply said no. We are we are willing to you know this guy thinks he's willing to blow up the party. Well, we're willing to blow up the party too. If they had done that, then none of this would have happened. We wouldn't be here. And uh, I, that level of cowardice is it's pathological. They wouldn't have got Neil Gorsuch that way, JVL. They wouldn't have got Neil Gorsuch. Oh well, I guess that's right. I guess that's right. And they wouldn't have gotten to overturn Roe. And I'm very sorry. They all hate that they overturned Roe now anyway, though, and they're all running away from it. So, <laughs> You know, one thing I didn't see that besides Ron DeSantis saying he got his ticket punched, I didn't see any of the DeSantis, what was that, DeSimps? DeSimps. I didn't see any of the DeSantis stands out there cheering for his second place. Like, his, like unless I'm missing maybe a big hive of, of DeSantis folks, like the people that I see as having championed him relentlessly for the last six or seven months and screaming at us for not being what big going all in on him. Uh, I didn't see them being like great night for DeSantis. 
right? They Charlie Cook didn't say that it was a big win. No. Well, they were all disappointed. Yeah, I, I didn't don't know. see that. Yeah, they were all disappointed. Somebody sent me. Last they thought night something that, different was going to happen. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, somebody sent me their analysis from Labor Day. If you're listening to the Bulwark, you knew it was happening Labor Day, but they they sent me a, a rundown of the National Review predictions from Labor Day. Charlie Cook said 30% chance to win for DeSantis. Noah Rothman, to 35, what, maybe 40. Uh, Michael Brendan Doherty, 45%, I think 40 for Trump. Lowry, yeah, DeSantis has a higher chance of winning than Trump. Um, so, you know, I mean, I can understand why they might have been disappointed with the results when they looked at it, when they saw that uh, that was their analysis on Labor Day. Eric Erickson guaranteed that Ron was going to win Iowa. It's just delusion. Can we do, can I, can I just, can I, I, Iowa nerd out with you on a couple of counties really quick since I did some campaigns in, in, a minute, in Iowa? In a minute. Uh, let's do that. Let's do that after we get a word from our sponsors, Tim. Oh, okay. Cold Turkey may be great on sandwiches, but there's a better way to break your bad habits. We're not talking about some weird mind voodoo from your crazy neighbor or stubborn old uncle. We're talking about our sponsor, Fume. And they look at the problem in a different way. Not everything in a bad habit is wrong. I agree with that. So instead of a drastic, uncomfortable change, why not just remove the bad from your habit? Fume is an innovative, award-winning air device that does just that. Instead of vapor, fume uses flavored air. Instead of electronics, fume is completely natural. And instead of harmful chemicals, fume uses delicious flavors. You get it. Instead of bad, fume is good. It's a habit you're free to enjoy and makes replacing your bad habit easy. Your fume comes with an adjustable airflow dial and is designed with movable parts and magnets for fidgeting, giving your fingers a lot to do, which is helpful for de-stressing and anxiety while breaking your bad habit. You got to try out the new Solano Fume. It's made with a premium walnut barrel and an onyx-coated mouthpiece that has a slightly softer finish. Dart off the year right with the good habit by going to tryfume.com slash next level and getting the journey pack today. Fume is giving listeners of the show 10% off when they use the code LEVEL to help make starting the good habit that much easier. Do you see what happened in Des Moines? No, Tim. What happened in Des Moines? So, you know, Des Moines is, I don't know if you've been to Des Moines recently. It was kind of a booming metropolis. You know, you can get an avocado Love toast there. Love Des Moines. Yeah. One you of America's fancy great cities. meals. There's, co- there's people with college degrees there. Okay, this is not, you know, we're not out in Carroll <laughs> County where, where Vivek got 27% rep in Carroll County, his stronghold. I, we're in a city. Uh, excuse me, Crawford County was Vivek's stronghold. Uh, we're in a big city here in Des Moines. I want to I look at the numbers here. This should be have been Nikki Haley's strong suit. Trump, Polk County, Trump 38, DeSantis 27. Nikki finished in third. The next one over, the uh, the the suburbs of Des Moines, Dallas County, Trump thirty nine, Haley twenty six. Okay, over how about over in Cedar Rapids, Trump forty two, Haley twenty four, Ames College Town, Trump thirty three, Haley thirty. I mean, he wins ninety eight out of ninety nine counties. The only county Haley wins is where the University of Iowa is, you know, which is like the Boulder of Iowa. And she wins by one vote there in Johnson County, a single vote. It's the only county that he loses. Like, you know, this is the the demo, like part of the realignment discussion that we've had. And maybe Iowa's not the best example. We could have maybe seen Haley do a little bit better in Charleston. I don't fucking know. But uh, like this realignment conversation, like the people that turned out, you know, that used to be Republicans that switched over to turn out for Pete and Amy 
right, in these suburbs. We all saw this in 2020, how like that Dallas County was like the prime county I was watching in the Iowa caucus. And you saw a huge surge in turnout. It, was, it used to be a Republican county, big surge of turnout on the Democratic side. Pete did really well there. I forget if he wins or not. Um, and um, like those people didn't fucking come back for Nikki Haley. Those people didn't switch back. You know, like there are a handful of very online people that did that, but like those people are gone. Like they've left the party and there just aren't enough of them to 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 like recreate this coalition. And you know, I was seeing on, on social media what Brad Thor had on the on the Sunday show a while back and a good guy and a well intentioned point, but it's like we just need more the turnout was so low, we just need more normies to turn out in these primaries. Like these normies don't want this party. That's just not like a thing that's happened. Like it's over. You can't just have Trump be president for eight years and be, or Trump, excuse me, Trump be president for four years and then be the leader of a party for another four years and have this party be a cult to a madman and then be like, oh, normies are going to want to come back. Like, like that's just not how regular voters work. And so the people that are opting into this is a smaller number of people. It's the lowest turnout since 2000. But like they're, they're, they're in for Trump. Trump wins Polk County in a blowout. Sarah? So I see two vague silver linings. But just to put a finer point on what Tim's saying, if you add up Trump and Vivek, right? So Vivek gets 7%. Not He doesn't win Iowa going away, as he promised. But he's got 7.7% of the Iowa, which means there was 7% of the voters, or almost 8% of the voters, that just wanted somebody who all they talked about was how great Trump is. Right. Not really just but wasn't Trump. Right. So that's nearly 60 percent of the party. Now, you say that sounds like bad news and it is for the country. But the one place where I think for me, this ends the ability we have been fighting to, to Tim's point about how right we are. We've been fighting against a Republican Party or really a pundit class, especially sort of the old conservative class that constantly wants to tell us that the party is still normal, right? That there's sort of like a normal party to be found in. Oh, yeah. But if you add, and like, forget DeSantis, let's just, it's not true, but let's just assume those are normal people. And like, it's just Trump and Vivek. That's still a full 60% of primary voters in Iowa. Okay. And then you throw DeSantis on top of it and you've got 80% of the party that it's like six week abortion bans and just talking about woke and whatever. So Nikki Haley represents... She get 19%. And of that 19%, half of those people will vote. This is the second silver lining. Half of those people will vote for Joe Biden. Now, and we got to go get the other half too. Uh, but that's this version of Nikki Haley. Not even the normal version of Nikki Haley. This weirdo version who won't attack Trump and sounds like, talks about kicking people with their heels and all the other nonsense. And so I do think that and tell me if you think I'm wrong, because um, this may be too optimistic. But I do think the moment, like Nikki Haley got into this primary because she misunderstands the Republican electorate. Mike Pence got into this primary, got into this primary because he doesn't understand what's happened to the Republican Party. It is very difficult, I think, after this primary to look and not understand any further. Right? You have to admit. Maybe not, but I just don't see how you could live in a world where it's like, Oh, there's a post-Trump party that's coming back. No, there's not. It's changed forever. It's going in this direction. Nikki Haley uh, doesn't have a chance, even if she wins New Hampshire, and I hope she does. 
because uh, the party doesn't want this. 60% wanted some combination of Trump and Vivek. So I can't speak to the actual Republican types, because I think Chris Christie might endorse Joe Biden. I think there are some other Republicans at the very margins who might endorse Joe Biden. But at the at the elite levels, so the pundit class, the conservative media, etc., I don't think we're going to see a single person, not one of them, say, oh yeah, I was wrong. Uh, it turns out the Republican Party I keep saying there was gone. I got to, I'm peace out. That's, that is simply not going to happen. And it doesn't, this is the, the crazy part of it, right? The, the, the Wall Street Journal today, the Wall Street Journal says, it looks at the results from Iowa and they says, New Hampshire voters will want to look very carefully at the numbers from Iowa to determine whether or not they think Donald Trump is still the best standard bearer for their party with the best chance to win in November. It's like, give me a fucking break. Are you like, who is the Wall Street Journal talking to? Nobody's listening to you. But they're not going to say, oh, geez, turns out these people are all nuts. They, they're not going to do that. None of them are going to do this. Nobody at National Review is going to go, oh, geez, I guess uh, I guess the party, I guess the party of Bill Buckley is gone. They're not going to do that. Not not one of them. They're all do. I, how can I decide that they're going to break their delusions after tonight? After, I mean, after they've lived in them for nine years. So I, I don't. I have no idea. I don't have any expectations they're going to break their delusion. Uh, we have another, yet another proof point that that our analysis of what is happening is right, and and I think that's very clear. Um, and just as a fact, just going, I just did double check. Like Buttigieg ended up winning that Dallas County by like thirty five points, or excuse me, with thirty five percent. Like that. That's just. Like when when Trump is winning college educated, and I and I think there's some people that have legit concerns about the entrance polls, and and you know it's, they, they seemed a little skewed in various ways. Um, and entrance polls are, you know, not not the most reliable. But you don't need to look at the entrance polls to see Trump win college educated voters. You just need to look at the county by county results. Like he won yeah. every he won the college counties. Like he he won the county counties where there are colleges, and he, and he won Des Moines <laughs> in a blood like he, like his Des Moines victory. If the entire state was Des Moines. Okay, the I, I I'm sorry to just to to obsess over this, but I, I just think it's important to understand the state of the party and the state of where they are in the caucus. If the entire state was Des Moines, if there was no rural Iowa, if it was not an e, the most evangelical state, Trump still would have had the largest victory in Iowa caucus history. In Pol if Polk County, Iowa was the entire state, you know, and then he ends up winning, and then he gets Bashar Assad numbers in others in other counties, like which is why he ends up a thirty point <laughs> victory. But he still would have won with thirteen points. If the whole state was Des Moines. So like, where is the now? And I, you 13 know, you points would have been the largest margin of victory <laughs> in the history of the Republican yes. Iowa caucus. That's the yes. other thing to understand, right? Like this is when you say he still would have won by 13. It's not like 13 is an average. Like that's a thing that just happens, right? George W. Bush won in the biggest blowout in the history of the Republican Iowa caucus by 12.4%. Yeah, I see people arguing on Twitter, well, look, 40%, you know, or, you know, Trump, 49% uh, wanted somebody else. He's not that strong. He's weak. <laughs> and it's like, what? He just, they're like, he's he's like an incumbent and he just, this whatever, the analysis I'm seeing is insane. And hey, does anybody have in front of them the polling numbers in New Hampshire. Like what was Vivek getting in New Hampshire? Because I just need to throw out also something that we've talked about before, but is important to remember that in this case, consolidation helps Trump. And so if Vivek had his 7%, right? So Christie got out, that's going to help Nikki. 
Although I do think some percentage Vivek's of Christie voters still go New to Hampshire. Trump. He's at five. Yeah. And then DeSantis is also at five, I believe. Six. And Six. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, which, so DeSantis is skipping. I don't know. I'm just, I, I think that this helps Trump in New Hampshire. Well, winning by 30 in Iowa helps Trump in New yeah, Hampshire. Right. You know, we can, we can have plenty of time. She can win New Hampshire. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I just think that like, uh, you know, the the path to victory in a Republican caucus is not by this really crushing it with undeclared Northeastern Yankees. Yeah. <laughs> like, great. That's yeah. So it's kind of like, okay, great. Can you guys tell me about the Trump victory speech last night? Because I, uh, I, I missed it I somehow. I was uh, the reason is because I was watching the Eagles in their worst playoff performance probably in twenty years. Um, so I was watching Nick Sirianni's last game as head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles instead of the Trump victory speech. How, how did it go? Somebody gave him a sedative right before he went on, and he did this super weird low energy. He thanked everybody in his family uh, mm. and sounded. Normal, but including without, Tiffany. No, he mostly focused on his two sons, Baron, uh, who though. he was flanked by. He has I did three sons. Baron for more more <laughs> affectionately than I've ever heard him talk about Baron. Okay, which is interesting. Yeah, uh, Trump. Here's the thing that I think it showed me, which is that Trump really wants to win, and the other two don't. Like Trump, they got out there fast. They made sure. That, I mean, he was just flanked by everybody. He did a big congratulations to, I didn't realize this, but I guess the Secretary of State in Iowa, despite the fact that a lot of other folks in Iowa, like Kim Reynolds, because uh, I thought he was going to slam Kim Reynolds, because he kind of did this long uh, meandering thing. But what he was doing was singling out uh, the Secretary of State, this this woman. He was like, she's going to be governor someday. And she comes and hugs him. And you were just watching in real time. Trump saying, I'm going to destroy the political careers of the people who oppose me, and I'm going to make the political careers of those people who endorse me early. And it was a signal to everybody else, get on the bus, do it now, uh, or you won't be forgiven for it. Uh, all of that is right. I'd add one point about the speech last night, very low energy speech. Um, but he does, the, he does a long thank you. Thanks, everybody, for like 20 minutes, literally. Uh, CNN cuts out yeah. before he gets to the meat of the speech. So extremely strange. I mean, like think about Obama's 08 Iowa caucus victory speech is the, you know, uh, yes, we can't, right? Like, or, uh, you know, any of the past kind of optimistic speeches that you would see from somebody winning one of these early states, like he just kind of rambles for 20 minutes, CNN cuts out. I had to switch over to Fox um, to see him because MSNBC didn't even show him. I had to switch over to Fox to see like the actual substance of the speech. Now you get to the substance of the speech. And also subdued for Trump, also mindful of strategic, you know, trying to win for Trump, like Sarah says. But if you just, again, step back. During the speech, he talks about how great it was that the Iowa caucus voters, according to the entrance polls, uh, recognized that Joe Biden is an illegitimate president. Talks about that for a while. Um, at, talks about the need to have more, a big, the biggest deportation in the history of the country. And then he invites the man in the brick suit onto the stage. Brick man. Do you know Brick man? Yeah, yeah the wall guy. Yeah, me right. and Brick go way back. Um, we got to hang out with him at a few CPACs. Uh, he wears a suit made of bricks or, or that have bricks drawn on them. He gets called up onto the stage, you know, and, and Trump acknowledges him and 
you know, the, he waves, says thank you to Mr. Trump, and he leaves. And then, you know, I watch that end, and I kind of flip around. On Fox, you know, they called the speech gracious. Two people said gracious. CNN, a lot of subdued, restrained, gracious. And I, I guess, I guess that's, I, I can see why they would say that. But, you know, I just, I do like to do the counterfactuals in these sort of situations. You know, like had Joe Biden done a speech where he litigated whether or not he really plagiarized that document for that speech from Neil Kinnock in 1988 and how that was not true. And then he like invited um, a person in a like from the river to the sea suit up on stage to acknowledge them for their support. Uh, I, I don't I don't think that the CNN commentary afterwards from the stage would have been a very subdued and gracious President Biden. You know, um, uh, show, show, showing that he's pivoting to the general election. So, you know, we do. He does get graded on the biggest curve in history. All right. Uh, we got one more sponsor note here. Tim, can you uh, can you hit that button and then uh, then we'll take this thing. Hit home. the magic button. I do. I, yeah, do, that's I right. can do that. Growing up, cereal was one of the best parts of being a kid. But as I got older, I had to watch out for sugar and empty carbs. Magic Spoon has the amazing flavors you love, but high protein and less sugar. There's a variety pack, four flavors, cocoa, fruity, you know I love fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. Uh, This pack has zero grams of sugar, 14 grams of protein, and four to five grams of net carbs. Only 140 calories a serving. It's high protein, zero uh, grams of sugar, keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, and soy-free. I got to tell you, when uh, we got our packages... Uh, Toulouse just br- went through all of them. It was hard for her to pick a favorite. Um, I think it was probably Coco. Toulouse is not watching her carbs. She is not watching her carbs. She loves pasta and rice. Not a big bread gal, though. Not a big, not a big bread person. So you know, it, it, it doesn't hurt to to keep an eye on that. Um, you go to magicspoon.com slash next level to grab a variety pack and try it today. Be sure to use our promo code next level at checkout to save $5 off your order. Magic Spoon is so confident that it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. If you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. Start off the new year right with a delicious bowl of high protein cereal at magicspoon.com slash next level and use the code next level to save $5. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. All right. So uh, I have a lot of trouble seeing the silver lining. So our colleague Mona Charon has an excellent piece up on thebulwark.com today. If you're a YouTube watcher of the show or a podcast listener of the show and you're not not taking in our print offerings, you should remedy that. Go to thebulwark.com and read Mona. And uh, she does a, a riff on what you, you mentioned briefly, Sarah, that... Uh, if you look at the entrance polls, there are a bunch of Haley voters who say that if Trump's not, if Trump's the nominee, they're going to vote for Biden. And uh, Mona says that's good news. Tim, as you said, all, a bunch of those college-educated Republican voters who didn't show up for Haley, it's because they're gone. Like, they're just not Republicans anymore. They're Democrats. And yet, I am sorry, but the national polling, and, and people just tell me like, oh, the national polling numbers don't matter. I think they matter. Uh, the national polling shows Trump with a, a very real lead over Biden. And Biden doesn't have to win by one. Biden has to win by at least three. Uh, I just, I look at the world around us and I don't understand it. 
in some ways. Like in, in some ways, I understand it very well. Like I understand the Republican Party very well. I don't know that I understand America. And uh, I just look at this stuff going forward and I think to myself, okay, so there, there aren't enough normie voters to stop Trump and the Republican Party. What if there aren't enough normie voters in America <laughs> to stop Trump, period? Sarah, I know you're you're on the optimistic side of this and you think like, you know, we can build a coalition, but it shouldn't be this hard, right? It shouldn't be this hard to, to stop a guy who like does his rage tweets, you know, what do you do, 40 tweets in a day or something? Uh, it is a madman. Like, it shouldn't be hard. Yeah. yeah. First of all, we know that there are enough. We know that there are enough because he won last time. Uh, but he won narrowly, uh, in six states, but he won six states. And so the question is, is how do you deal with, there's going to be two challenges. Like there aren't any election, which is making sure that a bunch of those people were right leaning kind of independent, soft GOP voters who were sick of Trump. Uh, those people, there's going to be this big group. We can call them double doubters, double haters, a pox on both their houses, like whatever, but they are people who hate them both. A pox on both their housers. Mm -hmm. Okay. Those people are going to have to remember that they hate Trump more than Biden. And right now, because Biden is the president and because people are seeing more of Biden, even as we, we see Trump, we see Trump bleeding on truth social and being an insane person. Average voters do not. And I got to tell you, I've said this before, but the fact that voters still have not grokked that we have a Joe Biden Donald Trump face off again, right? They don't want it. They still think there's some way around it. But once you're one on one, okay, Trump has won the primaries. It's clear that Biden's campaigning. You're going to get back into contrast territory. Trump will also be more front and center, more present in people's minds. And he's going to say, this is what the, this is why the subdued speech is interesting. Because for Trump to lose, right, one of the things you need is insane Trump. Right. You need. Remember when he did the debate with Biden, the first one where he tried mm-hmm. to give him covid and he was just a rageaholic lunatic, just whatever. The number of normies that 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 watched that debate and went, Mm-mm, no, uh, and his mishandling of covid, whatever. The point is, is that you got to hold that coalition together and then you can't lose turnout from young people, uh, from people who don't normally vote in, um, who like basically only turn out in presidential elections. And so, but those people also hate Trump. Like if there's one thing that has fueled turnout, has healed, or at least papered over, not healed, but papered over the rifts, the deep rifts within the democratic party, it is hatred of Donald Trump. It's the one thing they can all agree on. And so I just, I think you, you had a piece about this, about how this is the low watermark for Biden and the high watermark for Trump. I really agree with that. I think we are in a space. I'm, I'm nervous about it. Don't get me wrong. I am nervous. I'm also nervous about a contrast where Donald Trump looks like he has more vigor and like is in better shape than Joe Biden. Like, I'm not sure that that isn't actually what happens and that Trump figures out how to be just like, I'm going to be normal uh, in public. And like, I'm going to try harder to, and I'll be his version of normal, right? He's still going to talk about shooting migrants and poisoning the blood. But like, maybe, I don't know, like maybe he tones it down 25%, which is just enough to get enough normies on board uh, over the economy, which is like their big concern. Anyway, my point is, is I still think there's room to put that co- that anti-Trump coalition back together. I'm not 
pessimistic about it. I'm optimistic about it, but I am nervous. Tim? Um, I have two thoughts on this. Uh, just circling back to the top thought of, from the podcast very briefly, I am despairing and filled with rage that we are at this point and that we even have to have this discussion yeah. and like that this is where we are. I just, I can't, I, I do not want that to be overshadowed by my analytical takes on what happened because like if on yes. the night of January 6th, you told, like I was able to take a video, like my iPad from the future and show Donald Trump with Brickman expecting accepting the Iowa caucus victory in 2024 and show it to fucking Marco Rubio and Mitch McConnell and be like and Joni Ernst and all these fucking people and my, my old friends and be like you guys will be for this like you guys will be for this like they would have said no way come on man and I would have said no you will be for this he will come back again and you will be for it and we knew you better than you knew you and it fucking pisses me off okay putting that aside I think there were some silver linings. The low turn, I, I know it snowed and it was cold and stuff, but like the turnout was bad. Turnout was bad. It was 50 something thousand less than 2016. 56,000. Yeah. And think about all the new people Trump has brought into the party. You know, I, we like to obsess about people who have left, but Trump has, like, since like 2016, I was the first contest. So a lot of these like casuals who ended up getting on board, getting very excited for Trump. They came in later, right? So, so a bunch of new people come into the party since the, since the first contest of 2016. Still, a huge drop in turnout. So, I, I think that there is maybe some warning signs there. A lot of discussion about the war, the Joe Biden concerns with the with his base. I, I, you know, maybe the enthusiasm isn't quite there. I, you know, the super fans are there, but that next layer of people. Maybe they're just not that fucking excited about the Trump show anymore. I, I'm open to that possibility. I'm not predict I just think that's something to monitor. First contest. And then I think that the the entrance poll data, the degree of the disdain for Donald Trump among the Nikki Haley voters was pretty notable. You know, was yeah. pretty notable in the numbers. Like like you you're looking at uh, uh, some things like 30% in some of the entrance polls saying they wouldn't vote for him if he was convicted. Obviously, that's uh, con conditional, but 11% in the last uh, uh, NBC poll, you know, saying that they wouldn't vote for him. Like a, a pretty significant chunk of people, I think, who've been deluding themselves into thinking Nikki Haley might win this primary um, and, and you know, are, are answer giving not giving pollsters undecided on the answer might start answering Biden in the next month. So I, I think those are two real silver linings and, and real things that I would be worried about if I was Chris Lasavita and just kind of analyzing this like it was a normal campaign um, after last night. Let's go to New Hampshire, Tim. Well, I, I mean, we, the, I just think it's worth noting. So Nikki Haley is now I, I, is now going to New Hampshire. I don't think she's done an event yet. She's going to do a first event in the afternoon. It's kind of a lethargic start to her New Hampshire primary campaign for somebody that's entire uh, candidacy rests on it. She said she's not debating Ron DeSantis on Thursday, which I guess is the right call. She's I don't pulled know. out of the debate because we've had five great debates. And as she says, she says the next debate she has will be against either Donald Trump or Joe Biden, and she's looking forward to it. I'm sorry, Nikki, you're not having another debate. She'll have another debate. Uh, look, she is going to have another debate. It will be her and Hillary like uh, speaking to Goldman Sachs or something like that. It'll be a very a closed <laughs> circuit debate, and like that'll, have, that'll happen for her. Just not Biden or Trump, no. But it's the right call, I think. Like She doesn't need to debate DeSantis. He's not even doing New Hampshire 
Uh, she should just do her town halls and she should challenge Trump to come debate her. Like, I think that that is, as these things go, at least something, something to highlight that Trump has refused to debate and isn't, you know, isn't showing up. I think that's good. Why should she debate DeSantis again? I agree with that, I guess. I I, I was pretty torn about this last night because just like, I don't know. I mean, it's WMUR. There's only one station in New Hampshire. Should you be on it making your case? Should you maybe take this opportunity to finally criticize Donald Trump, make a little news? I don't, like, what else are you going to be doing that Thursday night? Does she have a plan? I just I watched the speech, and again, I, I we kind of got to this towards the beginning, but like to put a finer point on it, like it's not clear what they're doing. Like, like again, it's, it's it seems that they're just going along with the lightning strike strategy still, the hamburger from heaven strategy. Yeah, and it's like okay, I mean, might there be something else to do this week besides the hamburger from heaven strategy? And and uh, you know. Maybe not. Uh, maybe that's not. Maybe, you know, she'll run through the paces. But I, we talked about Trump's speech. Her speech last night was just very, like, like uh, normal. Like, it wasn't, she didn't try to make a new, inject a new conversation, inject a new argument. She didn't, she just kind of gave her stump speech, talked about electability and how Joe Biden and Donald Trump are both old. And okay. But um, maybe, I, again, I, I don't feel strongly about this take, but like maybe a debate would have been an opportunity to do that. Probably not, given that she's made no news really. In the, like, she had one good debate, I guess, at the very beginning that sort of started this, and then since then, it's yeah. been you know th- since then they've been pretty meaningless. Um, so, so if it was going to be another meaningless debate, then I guess not. But there we are. How long until this is finally over? When do when do Nikki this and DeSantis drop out? I think your triad was right. I think Ron DeSantis had catastrophic success in Iowa, and I think she's going to have catastrophic success in New Hampshire. I don't like the new ARG poll that's out today has it forty forty. I think that's probably too good. I, I I still find it hard to that she gets there and wins with Vivek out, but DeSantis in, does that tamp the Trump number down enough to to let her squeak it out? I don't think it's a zero percent chance. Um, but I do think that she probably gets close enough to rationalize doing the month the a month long baton death march to to South to Bamberg, home to Bamberg, where where she gets put out to pasture. Yeah, I mean, they, they can't, I mean, she gets, she gets crushed in her home, home state. Ron DeSantis, he can't hang in and get crushed in Florida, which he will. Like, he's got to get out before Florida. She probably tries it in South Carolina and ends there, right? I think so. Uh, do you think anybody's getting a Super Tuesday? No. So here's, I, no. I, I think Super Tuesday is the mother of all MAGA rallies. I think yeah. he is unopposed. He puts on the biggest show of force you could possibly imagine. And that's the moment at which America looks at this and says, crap, this thing's really happening. And Asa then we just are dropped either, out. Yeah. Asa is out. Vivek is out. Um, yeah, I think that's right. You I don't know. Get the inertia. Yeah, sorry, Asa. You know, you just forget the inertia of this. Like, just and 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 the bubble that you get in in a campaign. You the donor bubble. People want you to stay in. You never know what's going to happen. Court dates, like all that. You can rationalize this stuff pretty easily. And I got to tell you, I just as a closing thing, just as a for a losing election night memory from a year past. So, and Jeb, we finished. We didn't even compete in Iowa. We finished fourth in New Hampshire. I don't even remember where we finished in South Carolina. I think fourth, maybe fifth. And like it wasn't close, and it was a horror. Like we, he did horrible in, in South Carolina. We brought his brother out, and his brother did a big speech. It was like the last big gasp, and it was obvious that he should drop out. 
And yet still on election night, I was sitting back there with him in a room with the campaign manager and with some other folks that are around him, friends, donors, and like some of them were telling him stay in till Super Tuesday. So like let's see what happens in Florida. Keep it, you know, keep it going. And you know, the campaign manager and I like we're we're saying, you know, it's just not there. Like we you should do it, do it the right way. You should, you know, we should get out like da-da-da-da-da. And you know, he took some private time and and made the right decision because Jeb is a rational human. But like you, I, I saw the dynamic in that room, I guess is what I'm saying, of how somebody, especially somebody that wants it and wants an excuse to stay in, can rationalize staying in, which is kind of why I think that she stays in to South Carolina. Yeah, the difference is, though, this time you're going to have the entirety of the conservative and Republican establishment pressuring to get out. And we got to unify. Look, Trump is Trump is flawed in many ways. We got to start unifying now, right? We got to come together now. I, I think that's going to be. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe those people actually pressure the other way. Stay in just in case he, you know, the magic cheeseburger hits. And Trump was nice to her last night. So then you get back if she stays, and you get back to bird brain. You get back to birtherism, right? right? Like, and so then you got to deal with all that. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, this is wonderful. I will see you both in San Francisco in a day or two. And then we'll do this again next week with New Hampshire. You know, I feel like nobody really appreciates how we are also on the Baton Death March through this campaign. <laughs> because, you know, in, in previous previous cycles, not in 2016, not in 2020, but in the before times, this was like my favorite time of the every four years. I love this. I was out on the road covering presidential campaigns. I was following Hillary Clinton around Iowa, New Hampshire, or following Rick Santorum or John McCain. And uh, I just hate everything about this timeline that we're in right now. You know, I keep having the same thought, which is like, not only is this extraordinarily dangerous, not only are we in some, some place in a timeline in which democracy could end and we could have a president who uh, did a coup and that we affirmatively elect and then never leaves office, not only is all of that at stake, but it's also boring as hell. And like, I don't know how many times we can tell people, like, we've done the rants that we did today. We've all, we've all done them before. They're cowards. They won't do it. The only thing, like, here's the silver linings. It's just, it's time's a flat circle. And we're going to have to keep doing this. We are in a baton death march. We are. And he's the Grinch. Well, the good he's news is, I'm joy. sure all the bad people are going to give us credit for having been right for the last seven years. Right, Sarah? That's right. That's right. Uh, the only thing that, this, just going back to the silver linings, just to end on a slightly, I think... My hope is, and it goes to this turnout, that Trump is going to preside over a shrinking Republican Party. And that I do believe that the tables are going to turn here in a little bit. We're going to get a contrast election. The polls are going to go up for Joe Biden. And as long as we can keep a third party from splitting the anti-Trump coalition... I don't know. I might start to talk myself into a Biden blowout. All right. Let's end on that. We're going to end on that. Everybody, we'll see you again next week. <laughs>